It's disturbing video, the last minutes of George Floyd's life, as witnesses desperately plead with cops to get off his neck. This is America. Radical left criminals, thugs, and others Don't will not be allowed to set communities ablaze. This is America. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. This is America as we know it. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dylan. And, you know, last week we talked a lot about speaking up and what that means to people of color, specifically, and black people. We wanted to, you know, kind of get a perspective of a white person who wants to do better and wants to speak up and wants to know more about what they can do as a white ally. And so we decided to bring in a good friend of mine, Kelsey Webb from the WNCI Morning Zoo. Hello. Thank you for having me. You and I have talked a lot about everything that's going on with racial injustice. And we're also very different people. Right. You are white. (laughs) (laughs) hi 600 percent white here yeah my kids are 700 percent white oh Oh, they're so white i'm so sorry (laughs) i want to i want to kind of talk about your background and the fact that you grew up in youngstown i want to talk a little bit about you know what the percentage of white to black or white to people of color was there compared to here in columbus or dublin where you live now oh god dublin i'm so sorry (laughs) i feel guilty about living in Dublin. No, no, it's a great community. But it's so strange because I grew up in Youngstown in a predominantly black neighborhood, a poor neighborhood. I went to an all black preschool. Growing up, my mom is a hippie. She taught me from a very early age that everyone is equal no matter what. I just I always knew that I was not better than anyone else. And That was so important to me and who I would become and how I treat other people. And when I got to college, I lived with a roommate who was black from my high school. The first quarter at Ohio State, I took African-American studies where I met my boyfriend and I dated him for three years. And I hung out with his friends and my roommate's friends and all of my friends basically were black in college. Wow. And now I live in Dublin. <laughs> what happened? So so basically, yeah, I kind of want to bring it to, you know, now you live in Dublin. You live yes. in uh, most of the people that I see you hanging out with are white. Um, you're a mom. So yeah. you have, you know, I'm sure you have this responsibility to teach your kids in the same ways that maybe you were brought up. I just want to know what your upbringing has you thinking and feeling in this current climate now. Um, I'm really sad and I have learned a lot in the last few weeks and I've learned that I had a lot to learn, especially from you, Ashley. Oh, It's easy not to think about these things when I live in my bubble in Dublin and and I'm a mom and all I do all day is parent. You know, I don't I'm not forced to face the harsh realities of what's going on around me and in the community. And um, I feel guilty about that. And I, I definitely feel guilty about my white privilege. And, you know, one day when we were talking about all of this on the air, I was very quiet. And I asked Ashley, like, what do I do? How do I what's my part in this? You know, right. 
Do you sometimes wonder if the parenthood is an excuse? I don't know. I, and I'm not trying to attack. Sure. I'm just, I, I'm trying to bring it to the fact that there are so many excuses for people, even for people like me who, you know, if I wanted to shut this off because of the way, I mean, the privilege that I have too, I could shut it off for a time and go without not thinking about it or mm-hmm. feeling about it. And, you know, you can do that too. You know, I have my own reasons for not shutting it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you ever think of it as do you ever think of certain excuses in your life that bring you to maybe just shut down and not talk about it? I'm talking about this with my family all the time. I'm talking about it in my household. I'm talking about it with my (laughs) in-laws. I'm talking about it with you a lot. We're talking about it on the air. So I don't think I'm ignoring it at all. And I don't feel like I have two hours to go do something socially active. But maybe maybe it is an excuse. Put the kids down. (laughs) Leave them in the car. Um, No, but this is a conversation I'm having with my husband all of the time. We're talking about. Yeah, he brings up things that are happening around the country. He asked me about them. He asked me my opinion. I tell it to him. Sometimes we have differing opinions um, naturally because of our different backgrounds. You know, he grew up in the country. So he has an experience of things I've experienced, and I haven't experienced a lot of the things that he's experienced. I don't know. I I feel like I'm definitely in a listening phase, and maybe sometimes it doesn't seem like I have a ton to say because I'm learning, and maybe you'll say that's an excuse. No, and I know I, I come off sometimes to you, especially because we are so close, I come off as, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why aren't you saying anything? What's going on? But... You know, I have to listen to you, too. Like, I want to know what your thoughts are so that I can know what to say to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, On that note, do you feel like as a white woman, a huge pressure to not only I think this is a phrase now, not only to be not racist, but also be anti-racist and do a lot more than just say, well, I'm not racist and I don't hate black people. Yeah. Uh, Back to the parenthood thing. Um, How I raise my children is so important to me. And I know that they're going to, you know, if we stay where we are, they're going to grow up in a predominantly white neighborhood. So on a day to day basis, making sure that they know that we are all equal and that hate in any form is wrong and discrimination is wrong. I think that's a huge, a huge weight on my shoulders right now. And if I ever see my children being unkind to someone else, you know, it's going to rip my heart out for sure. And I don't know how their environment will affect them because they won't grow up the way that I grew up. You know, you say that you want them to know that everyone is equal. I think it's interesting because, you know, as it stands right now, everyone is not equal. Right. You know, and so I think that maybe and I'm not going to teach you how to parent, but I think that's something to consider. Yes. Um, that, you know, letting them know, hey, people are. I, I remember that conversation. My mom had to sit me down mm-hmm. and tell me that black people weren't necessarily everyone's favorite. And that's that's kind of a conversation that I'm sure a lot of parents have to have. Yeah. Um, I remember I was traumatized because I that's the first time that I really recognized my skin color amongst my family. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's an interesting thing to consider when talking to your kids, maybe. Everyone is equal and everyone is not treated equally. Do you think you would address race specifically? I know a lot of people are in the boat of, 
well, if you don't talk about it, then maybe they won't know about it, I guess, when it regards to racism. Do you think you would specifically bring up race and racism and stereotypes and all that? Or yes. would you kind of just let it go? And then when it happens, then you'll address it. No, I like to talk about everything. Nothing is off limits. Um, well, I think a huge problem in at least the education I received is that I didn't learn about racism. I didn't learn about the history of slavery. I mean, it, it was glossed over for sure. In everyone's so, education. Yes. Even though you went to, you grew up in Youngstown, you went to a predominantly, and lived in a predominantly black neighborhood, you feel like you really didn't know that much still? I think the vast majority of children in America are not taught what they need to be taught when it comes to history. And I think it's disgraceful. So yes, I want to educate my children. And I think that knowledge is power. And I think that I want him to be able to come to me with anything and any questions and have a dialogue. We've talked off the air as friends about, you know, what you can do. And you've you've been, you know, really distraught thinking about what can you do. For you specifically, Kelsey, I mean, you've been, you know, in media in this town for a really long time. And I know that it's probably you're walking a fine line between pissing people off by having certain opinions. I guess kind of a question based off that, do you feel pressured and at the same time um, hesitant to use your platform for issues like this? Yes. I want to be very careful because our show is the morning zoo and it's light and fluffy. And um, that doesn't mean we shy away from all topics, but I don't I don't want to piss people off. You know, I mean, I think that's part of my job and part of my character on the show is to not be polarizing. I think that if people are seeking that kind of media, you don't come to our show. But yes, I am scared. I don't know. I, I really feel like I'm learning and I don't have some prolific thing to say or to share. And who am I to be the authority on anything right now? And at the same time, though, when I go on social media, I I learn a ton from what I read, but I don't think that I have much to say. Is that wrong? You know, that's that's a tough one for me. And Dylan, you might have a different perspective than I do or a different opinion. But for me, it's hard to see the people that aren't speaking up and the people who are posting for their own brands, but not speaking up for the things that matter. Mm -hmm. Because this is I mean, people are losing their lives and this has happened for such a long time. And it's like when I think of the fact that, you know, I know somebody who didn't want to post because of their job. And I was like, how in the world does your job is your job going to be mad at you for posting that black people should not be killed? You know what I mean? Right. And I just for me, it's hard to see when people don't say anything because, you know, a lot of people say white silence is violence. You know, mm -hmm. like that's the thing is that if people listen to black people, then this would have been squashed long ago, you know. And so when I see white people not saying anything, it's really it's really tough for me to overcome that in my mind, especially when they are close to me. And we've talked about this before, but it, it, that's why it is hard for me to see when people don't speak up. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I don't know. What do you think, Dylan? I mean, I kind of see both sides because, I mean, I have, you know, a daughter and I live with 
her mother, Tiffany, and Kelsey has a family. I feel for us, if we say something that rubs the higher-ups in this company that maybe want us to stay neutral the wrong way, we're risking more than someone like you who's single. Risking you know what I'm saying? Life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but does that make sense? No, like, I feel yeah. like if Kelsey goes and says something that's super polarizing and rubs people the wrong way and it affects the show that she's currently on, she's risking something there. And and so we had Obi Stillwell on uh, last week, and he said that, you know, people don't need to speak up because they could be doing other things. And so I think that it's important if, if you're not speaking up that you are doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, um, supporting Black-owned businesses or seeking out people who are of color for leadership roles and, you know, in office. Mm-hmm. I think those are changes that can really, you know, provoke, invoke whatever vote change. (laughs) Um, And so I think that that's important too. Maybe it's, you know, as long as we're doing other things, that's what counts. I hate social media. (laughs) And there's a lot of causes that are important to me that I don't post about. And the motive behind posting for so many people turns me off. So I just stay away from it. And I post dog pictures and kid pictures. I mean, I'm not even going to post a selfie because I think there's ego involved in that. Ah. But at the same time, I know that I do have a social media presence. I know that I have this job and I know I should be doing a much better job at it. But social Social media does kind of turn me off. That's fair, too. Yeah. It's social media. But, you know, I think there's something to be said about, you know, speaking off the air and off of social media, person to person to other people and also holding other white people accountable mm-hmm. as a white ally. Something I was going to bring up earlier that you kind of said by yourself was that You said you kind of feel guilty being white. Can you elaborate on that? No, I'm aware of the privileged life I lead because of the color of my skin. And I mean, I can walk in anywhere and people are not going to fear me and people aren't going to question my motives. And I know for people of color, that is a reality when they walk into so many places or when they just exist in society. I can't imagine what that feels like. And it breaks my heart. I I think just being aware that I lead a charmed life because of the color of my skin. Maybe I have other challenges, but I'll always be white. You know, what would you say to other just from your experience as a white ally? What would you say to other white allies who want to learn more, want to be in that listening phase? Um, Mm -hmm. What have you learned from being in that? And what would you say to other people who want to do more? I've never seen change like what is happening right now in my lifetime. And I know so much more needs to be done. But to see these protests across the country and to see not just people of color responding and actually paying attention for once is groundbreaking, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I know that as a white person and my fellow white people that we need to educate ourselves about history and what's right and wrong and what's acceptable and maybe the ways that we are being racist and don't know it. That's a great one. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I know that it's not the job of my my friends of color to educate me. But I also think it's invaluable to hear their experience and opinion. Yes. And that's something Obi brought up. A lot of people want to say that it's not on us to educate you, but I think it is. It is on, you know, 
people of color to have conversations like this and say how we feel and why we feel that way, because there's no way of you knowing our perspective and there's no way of us knowing your perspective. Right. And so much that is, I mean, we were just talking about social media, but so much that is in the media and in film, TV, so much that has been in the past and even moving into right now is tarnished and stereotypical and not representative of what people of color go through. You can only educate yourself with what tools you have. And um, if, if you can, you're absolutely right. That's invaluable. If you can speak to a person of color, a black person about their experiences. I'll tell you, Dylan and I are here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I appreciate both of you and thank you for what you've taught me and, and thank you for being patient with me. And, you know, I know that I'm aging and I'm not always... <laughs> Oh God! No, but but Ashley has said to me in the past, "Oh, there's your whiteness coming out," you know, and and it's a wake up call for me. But I I don't feel like I, I have the pulse of America, you know, going on in my life all of the time now, and um, I don't want that to happen. I want to be aware, and I want to to be compassionate and sensitive. And you want to stay woke. Amen. <laughs> Kelsey probably represents so many people, so many white people who have no idea what to do and who are hesitant, right? But I really appreciate the fact that she knows what she doesn't know. And as a white person, she still feels the need to do better. Right. And I think that can go for us as well, because we're not every person. And of course, as we keep saying, that's what we're doing here. We're trying to learn different perspectives, talk to different people. And I think that when we talk to white allies who want to make change, that's ultimately what can make the change. Yeah, because even though their experiences aren't our experiences and vice versa, knowing their perspective is still an important portion of solving this issue that we currently have. I have taken an oath to post on America As We Know It podcast on Facebook articles about what you can do as a white ally this week. So I'll be posting those shortly. I have one a really good one up there right now, actually. Visit our Facebook page and we also have an Instagram page. It's just America As We Know It podcast. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dylan. And this is America As We Know It. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them.